Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 49 of the Hydrogen Nowcast for April 1st, 2022. The Hydrogen Nowcast is sponsored by New Day Hydrogen, who's helping fleet owners meet their zero emission vehicle needs. If you're with a fleet or transit operator, and your fleet is wondering how to convert to zero emission vehicles but still meet your operational needs, New Day Hydrogen can give you the option of fuel cell vehicles by providing public hydrogen fuel stations near you and showing you the available fuel cell trucks, vans, and buses. To find out more information about both vehicles and fueling, visit the NewDayHydrogen.com website, where you can also submit requests on the contact page. Well, in the podcast today, we're going to talk about hydrogen internal combustion engines. Now, we touched on this subject in episode 43 with Tom Waldron from the company Super Turbo. And although it seems like we don't hear much about this, there's actually a lot happening. So to help us all understand the important role for hydrogen internal combustion engines, I'm very pleased to introduce Jim Nevergall, who's the general manager for hydrogen engines at Cummins. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this exciting technology. Well, Jim, why don't we start with you introducing us to your background and also your role with Cummins, and then maybe you can give us some quick highlights of Cummins, the company, for those listeners who may not be so familiar with Cummins. Sure. So I lead the company's global efforts to commercialize hydrogen-fueled internal combustion engines, which is a critical technology in Cummins' portfolio of technologies to accelerate decarbonization. I'm passionate about innovation, and I've dedicated my career at Cummins to advocating technology that improves the environment. So let me tell you a little bit more about Cummins. Cummins is a global power leader that designs, manufactures, sells, and services diesel and alternative-fueled engines from 2.8 to 95 liters, diesel and alternative-fueled electric oil generator sets from 2.5 to 3,500 kilowatts, as well as related components and technology. Cummins is an over 100-year-old company that has had technological innovation at the core of our products since the start. And we strongly believe that innovating to sustain a vibrant economy while preserving the planet for generations to come is the challenge of our time. Well, thanks, Jim. You know, Cummins is a really great company. And uh, I've actually visited the campus there. I wasn't in any of the buildings. But for the listeners that don't know this, Cummins is in Columbus, Indiana. And one of the things that Cummins does is they provide funding for architects that can be used for design of some of the public buildings around town. So you'll see some very interesting churches and other, other buildings in town. So Jim, appreciate the fact that Cummins does that. Well, Jim, to set the stage for our discussion Uh, Let me bring up a couple of questions that I suspect the listeners are thinking. And the first is, you know, why hydrogen internal combustion engines instead of fuel cells? And we're going to talk about that. And that kind of leads to the second question, which is, aren't fuel cells more efficient? So let me just say something about efficiency before we talk about it. It's, It's really not the only figure of merit. Now, for example, wind turbines are more efficient than solar arrays. But we can't be putting wind turbines on every home, but we can put solar arrays on most homes. So we have different solutions for different use cases. Now, another example that's often mentioned is that battery EVs are more efficient than fuel cell EVs. But again, there are other far more compelling reasons to have fuel cell EVs, namely range, load carrying capability, cold weather performance, and most importantly, refueling time. So anyway, the point to all this is that we really need both hydrogen internal combustion and fuel cells. We need both wind and solar arrays, and we need both battery and fuel cell electric vehicles. So you're right, Ryan. We do need an array of solutions to meet the various use cases and duty cycle needs of commercial vehicle and equipment applications. There simply isn't a one-size-fits-all solution out there. 
And that's exactly why Cummins is investing in multiple technologies, including advanced clean diesel, natural gas, propane, hydrogen engines, hydrogen fuel cells, and battery electric to support the industry's transition to zero carbon. Well, that's an impressive array of products, and I really congratulate you on that. So, you know, I'm reminded that Cummins acquired the fuel cell and electrolyzer maker Hydrogenics. Uh, I think that was back in the third quarter of 2019. So obviously, Cummins believes strongly in hydrogen. Could you give us an idea of how both fuel cell and hydrogen internal combustion fit into the Cummins product lines? Yeah. So Cummins does believe strongly in hydrogen. In addition to adding electrolyzers and fuel cells to the Cummins portfolio, Cummins has also formed a joint venture with Enprox, which is a leader in hydrogen storage technologies. And hydrogen storage is another critical piece of the puzzle. It's required for hydrogen distribution, as well as on-vehicle storage for both hydrogen fuel cell and hydrogen engine-powered vehicles. So Cummins is investing in both hydrogen fuel cells and hydrogen internal combustion engine technologies. We see that both have a place in the Cummins product lineup. First, we feel strongly that hydrogen is one of the key fuels to decarbonize the commercial sector, and battery electric and low-carbon fuels will also play a key role. Second, market dynamics and customer behavior around new technology can be difficult to predict. By investing in both fuel cells and engines, Cummins is well-positioned to support our customers' unique applications with the technology that fits their needs the best. Finally, the two technologies are quite complementary. They both use the same zero-carbon fuel, hydrogen. They both use the same on-vehicle hydrogen storage and fuel delivery system. And by investing in both technologies, Cummins can drive additional scale to these common hydrogen components, which can further reduce costs and accelerate the adoption of hydrogen-fueled technology. With respect to engines specifically, Cummins plans to leverage our new fuel-agnostic engine platforms, which means that the engines will have common engine block and core components that share a common architecture with unique hardware only to support the difference in fuel type. Another way to say this is, Below the head gasket, the engine is common with diesel, for example. And above the head gasket, there will be unique components for the given fuel, which is hydrogen in this case. Well, you know, Jim, that's such a good point to look at really all the technologies. I I think it's a mistake for anybody to try to pick a winner at this point and say, well, we think this is what the technology is going to be. I think uh, someone once said, we need all solutions on deck to try to solve the climate problem. So I really commend Cummins for doing that and looking at basically all the technologies that are out there. So why don't we delve a little bit deeper into the differences between fuel cell and hydrogen internal combustion, and especially how the heavy-duty application for hydrogen is really different from passenger vehicles. Yeah, so let's start maybe between the similarities between the two technologies. So like I mentioned, they both use zero-carbon fuel, and they have the same refueling time, so somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes, depending on how low the tanks are or what their capacity is. Uh, The two technologies also share the same on vehicle storage and fuel delivery system. Again, this commonality can drive the cost down, but it also reduces the integration work for the vehicle or equipment manufacturer because they can integrate the same fuel delivery system and use it for both hydrogen fuel cells or engines. Finally, both technologies leverage the same fueling infrastructure. So now let me focus on hydrogen internal combustion engines, which is really gaining a lot of attention in the commercial sector. And that shouldn't be surprising, one, because it's familiar technology. It's an engine. It can be installed in a conventional chassis with existing transmissions, and it leverages existing auxiliary systems, cooling systems, etc. So the internal combustion engine is also supported by a robust installed manufacturing base. So having mature supply base 
should result in lower initial vehicle price for the hydrogen internal combustion engine versus a fuel cell powered vehicle. And then finally, while a hydrogen engine powered vehicle will be heavier than a diesel because of the added weight from the fuel tanks, it will be lighter than a fuel cell powered vehicle. And this can translate to more cargo carrying capacity for the vehicle. On the other hand, let's take a look at hydrogen fuel cell powered vehicles, which are also very compelling. Fuel cells are more efficient at converting hydrogen into energy, which will result in lower operating costs, and that's really important when fuel costs are high. Fuel cell vehicles also use electric traction motors that can recover braking energy and store that energy in batteries, again, providing improved efficiency and additional range, especially in duty cycles or routes where there's a lot of stop and go because more energy can be recovered. And finally, a hydrogen fuel cell doesn't produce NOx emissions. Well, those are all such compelling reasons. And, you know, the last time we talked, you had mentioned that a fuel cell vehicle is going to actually be a little heavier than an internal combustion hydrogen vehicle. And that surprised me at first. But then when I we talked about the fact that there's batteries involved, that does make sense. But that was interesting. Yeah, the major new components in a fuel cell vehicle are the fuel cell stack itself. There are batteries. There's an electric traction motor. Um, and then also the same fuel storage system for the engine. So a number of new technologies that will be added and that overall weight does does add up versus a conventional engine system. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that a fuel cell vehicle does have a fairly substantial battery. Now, the passenger vehicles have a pretty tiny battery, but for a truck where you may really need to recover a lot of braking energy and so forth, I surmise they're going to be a little larger. So that kind of explains that weight difference. Well, zero emission vehicles like fuel cell EVs and battery EVs enjoy some benefits like incentives and funding because they're classified as zero emission vehicles. But although hydrogen internal combustion engines don't emit any carbon, they do emit just a little bit of nitrogen oxides, which are lumped together and called NOx. So why don't we talk a little bit about how clean air standards could be changed to help promote hydrogen internal combustion engines, and how the various environmental authorities could help with that and reasons why they should want to do that. You know, I mean, after all, hydrogen internal combustion engine does produce some NOx, but why should the NOx not be an issue? So let me first say that NOx emissions are a concern to Cummins and the larger industry. And the hydrogen internal combustion engine does involve combustion, which means NOx and nitrogen oxide emissions are produced. Um, NOx emissions from the Cummins internal combustion engine will be at least 75% lower than today's diesel. And that's pretty substantial reduction if you think about it, especially considering the commercial vehicle industry has already lowered NOx emissions by 95% over the last 25 years. And so while NOx reductions are important, um, carbon reductions are critical. The European policy and regulations seem to be aligning around counting hydrogen engine powered vehicles as zero emission vehicles. And that's because of the dramatic carbon reduction the technology provides. So I believe it's critical that the U.S. follow suit for multiple reasons. First, the maturity of the hydrogen engine can provide the industry with additional technology choices, ultimately accelerating decarbonization. Plus, U.S. support and industry leadership enables the U.S. to export these clean energy technologies, which further enables global decarbonization, as well as puts the U.S., in the driver's seat of clean energy technology and manufacturing. Finally, as California and the EPA develop new regulations and programs to reduce carbon emissions, we'd like to see a framework that's supportive of hydrogen internal combustion engines. Well, thanks, Jim. And I, I just want to underscore that the European Union is considering 
hydrogen engines to be zero emission vehicles. So I would hope that maybe the authorities here in the United States could at least take a close look at that and and consider uh, internal combustion hydrogen engines to be classified as zero emission. Well, Jim, I think it'd be a good idea to talk about the business aspects of hydrogen engines. You know, when can customers expect to see pilot programs or some full-scale introduction of hydrogen engines? Yeah, so we're running hydrogen engines in our labs today, and we're very impressed with the performance and efficiency numbers that we're seeing. As you know, Cummins relies on our OEM partners to bring this technology to market. So Cummins doesn't sell commercial vehicles, construction, or agricultural equipment. We work closely with OEMs. And we're doing that now with this technology as well. So I don't have a production date that I can share publicly. I can tell you that my goal is to be in full-scale production by 2027, if not earlier. And I expect we'll also see Cummins pilot programs in the next couple of years, if not sooner. And so I'd say there's definitely more to come on this topic. Well, that's exciting, Jim. And I'm really excited, and I know others are as well, to start seeing hydrogen internal combustion engines out there. I know I, I live near an interstate, and uh, the, the noise and the smell from, <laughs> from diesel is pretty annoying. And I'll be, I'll be happy to see those internal combustion hydrogen engines out there. Well, I guess we can't talk about hydrogen if we don't talk a little bit about fueling infrastructure. Now, Hydrogen engines don't require the same purity of hydrogen as fuel cells, but what are your thoughts about trying to foster and encourage the fueling infrastructure, and how could that be done to be kind of symbiotic with fuel cells? So you're right. Hydrogen internal combustion engines are less sensitive to hydrogen impurities, and that adds robustness to the hydrogen engine running in conditions where contamination could occur for the fuel. So while the internal combustion is less sensitive to impurities, I would not like to see separate infrastructure resulting um, with multiple grades of hydrogen, for example. I would think the industry should be laser focused on delivering hydrogen at the purity level required for fuel cells so that the infrastructure can be used for multiple offtake technologies. And with respect to infrastructure rollout, we're very encouraged by the U.S. government's investments in hydrogen hubs and infrastructure, as well as the electrical grid. With any new technology switchover as complex as this, it's critical for governments and industry to prioritize both the fuel supply and the product demand. And we need both to be successful to make a meaningful reduction in carbon emissions. We're looking forward to the announcements of the U.S. hydrogen hub locations. And that will be a critical next step as the industry plans the transition to a hydrogen future. And we need to ensure both hydrogen production as well as offtake technologies like hydrogen engines, fuel cells, um, that they're available and supported. Well, thanks, Jim. You know, I absolutely agree. We try to do multiple grades of hydrogen for both hydrogen internal combustion engines and fuel cells. It's just going to complicate this nascent market that we've got going out there. And I absolutely agree with you. And I've talked to this on the podcast before that we've got to focus on creating demand because it's not enough just to create supply if we don't have anybody who's off taking the hydrogen. Well, Jim, I really want to thank you for your time to be with us today. If listeners would like to reach out to you or get more information about Cummins Hydrogen Technology, what's the best point of contact for that? So you can go to the Cummins website at cummins.com slash engines slash hydrogen dash engines to learn more. Okay, great. Well, Jim, thank you again for your time to be here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was a great conversation. Well, maybe we'll have you back again sometime if there's some more news about hydrogen engines and to announce some things. So. I think there'll be a lot more to talk about in the future, and I look forward to it. Great, Jim. Well, you're welcome back anytime. 
Well, listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please consider subscribing to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So again, we'd like to thank New Day Hydrogen for sponsoring the Hydrogen Nowcast. New Day Hydrogen is working to build out and deploy hydrogen infrastructure to enable any of us to convert to zero emission vehicles. Now, lastly, if you'd like to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. And you can reach me either through the website at colorado-hydrogen.org or on LinkedIn. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.